you guys know, as Pastor Sean just mentioned, we've been talking about this, uh, this series, A Lifestyle of Righteousness, really as soon as we finished up with Easter Sunday. Yes. Uh, and even before Easter Sunday, <laughs> we were talking about living the resurrected life. So the last, I don't know, eight or nine weeks has really just been uh, us walking ourselves and our partners through this idea of what Christ has done for us how that establishes who we are and how we should be living, right? Yes, and, yes. and last week we were in Romans and we won't read all of that today, but the first part, the very first part of Romans six, Paul asked them a question. He simply says to them, he says, shall we uh, can continue therein? He says, in other words, shall we keep on sinning so that grace shall abound? No. And he says, God forbid, no. God forbid. And so today we're going to pick up uh, in Philippians, Philippians 127, just the first part of that, because again, Paul's talking to the Philippian church. And again, it's a theme to the Philippians, to the Galatians, to the, the people at Thessalonica. Uh, he wrote to Ephesus, the Galatians, Ephesus, Ephesus right. all of them. He says, he's basically saying to them, look, you've gotten a teaching. You know what's right. Don't let somebody else come in and give you a license to sin and think that that's okay. He said, because that's not the way to live. You've been born again. Live according to your new nature. That's exactly you what have he been, says. You have been set in a new yes. family. Don't go back to the old yes. way of living. Yes. So that's good. So okay. we're going to take a look at Philippians 1.27, because in Philippians 1.27, the first part of that, he says, whatever happens, what does he want us to do? Conduct, Conduct yourself in how? A in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now we know what that means because the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the whole world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son so that he would die for us and that anyone who would believe in him could have everlasting life. That's a great gift. He says, live like you got a great gift. Live like it. Live worthy of this gospel that we know as grace. Well, and we understand this idea of living worthy of something. That when someone gives us, when, when we give someone a gift, if you give your child a yep. car, right, you expect them to live worthy of that gift, yep. right? And to you take care of and that to gift. take You don't expect your kid to be out drinking and driving right. and drag racing and doing all of these things, right? Well, guys, we've been born again. We are new. He says, so conduct yourself. Yes. We, we Listen, our translation of what Paul says is live like something. Live like something. Live like something. I see Kim already put it in the comments. Come on and put that in the comments. <laughs> live like, live something. like something. Live in a way that says yes. you are a born again Absolutely. believer, right? Absolutely. And I love the rest of this verse yep. where Paul says, yep. he says, then whether I come see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one faith of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Now, this is so important because if you think about the vast variety of things that we hear about in the body of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Paul says, whether I'm with you yeah. or whether I'm just hearing about you, yeah. I should be hearing that you live like something. So whether, whether you're around your pastor or around your saved friends or your unsaved friends, you ought to be living like something. You ought to be living like something. You, you, you shouldn't have a set of people you live one way with and a set of people you live another way you with. You should not. Paul says live like something. And you should care how you live yes. because how you live, and, and we continue to say this, because we live in America, which is such an individualistic society, mm -hmm. right? We tend to think I get to do what I want yep. to do. But all of our actions impact someone else yes. they impact how people see the gospel yep. they impact how people see the church and they impact 
whether Jesus can flow through us to reach the world. That's right. And we, he is worthy of us living like something. Absolutely. So we've been talking about these four keys of living a righteous lifestyle. We actually started the series with yeah, these. Yeah. And now we're coming back to them after spending all of these weeks. So we want you to grab your notepad. We want you to write these down and make sure you're incorporating them in your life. Because yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to give you these four keys that Paul um, well, in the whole Bible, but Paul in the New Testament really lays out in various places. Uh, Jude expounds upon those. And we want to say, hey, look, if you are saying, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean, I am serious about living a lifestyle. of I'm serious about living like something. What do you need to do? Because, you know, this is a teaching ministry. And so we believe it's important to not just tell people to live like something, yes. but to say, what does it mean to live? What like does something? it mean to live? Like so something? here's what it means to live like something. Number one, you've got to spend time building yourself up in the faith, not building up your faith. The Bible says that God gave you a measure of faith and that the measure of faith that he gave you is mountain moving all on his own. But when he talks about building yourself up in the faith, he's talking about understanding this gospel message, understand the gospel. fortifying yourself to the degree that, as we said last week, when sin calls, we don't answer. We don't answer. We don't answer. We don't answer. Wrong number. That's right. As maturing believers, we are to always keep pressing ourselves to grow spiritually. You know, people go, people ask you, I know, and they ask me sometimes and they say, well, you know, how do you know all of this? Listen, there's so much we don't know. Right. So much. I mean, let's be know. honest. It's so much we don't know. We don't claim to have arrived or to know it all. And you got to keep that kind of heart with the gospel, because God can tell you something in one season out of one scripture and tell you something. Another thing, not different, but another thing, a new revelation in a different season from that same scripture. We we're, we're ever growing. We're ever learning. And so as maturing believers, we got to make sure that we keep a heart that allows ourselves to grow spiritually. Let me add this. I think it's really simple. We've been married almost 28 years, right? We want to know about each right. other. If you would decide that you want to know about God, then you wouldn't think that there was an end of this because right. every time you get to something, you would be like, how in my 50 years could I fully think that I understand it? something the the God who holds eternity mm, in him. Mm, mm. How could I have come to the end of him? To everything human, there is an end, yeah. but there is no end to the word of God. So I don't want us to think about it as a task, like I have to build myself exactly. up. I want us to think about it like I get to learn more sure. about God. Sure. I get to learn more about who I am because I wonder sometimes if that's why believers study to get in the word, struggle to get in the word, struggle to grow in the things of God is because they see it as a have to where we see it as a get to. Yeah, and, I, and I, I like that perspective because we get to learn more about God. We get to become more intimate with God. And somebody says, well, how do you do that? Well, a big part of spiritual development, it does involve reading God's word. Read the Bible. And I don't know why, why what's happened over the last, you know, 20 years, you know, maybe it's because people went away from the, the hard copy, you know, of the Bible or whatever. Uh, and, and we have so many people preaching sermons and you can hear so many things, but there, there's no substitute for, for study. There's no substitute for study. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't just mean just opening the Bible and reading it so you can go to sleep. I'm talking about when you really are studying something out. There's nothing wrong with being academic when it comes to the word of God. 
you can be both academic and supernatural. And I hate when people act like you either got to be one or the other. You don't. You can absolutely sit down and study the word, get you a concordance. You can you can trace scripture out. You can go back and read about the history, you can read about the culture, and you can become a student of the word. Now, do I want to just become a student just so I can be studious? No, but the more I know about something, the more God can connect with that. It's whatever prior knowledge I have, God can connect it to new learning. And to me, that's just extremely important. So it's a big part of spiritual development to, to read God's word, to study God's word so that we get to understand it. Because it's so easy to hear somebody take a scripture and say what it means. And if you don't ever study that, then you just accept that as fact. No, that's true. And so I'll add to this, that there is a distinction between studying and reading the word. When we read the word, when I read the word, like I'm a big reader of the gospels and I'm a big reader of Proverbs. When I'm reading that, I don't necessarily have my concordance out. When I'm reading the book of John, I am looking for Jesus. I am looking for how Jesus healed, what Jesus said in certain situations. And we believe it needs to be both of those, that there yeah. are those times where we're just reading through scripture, where it's just like, oh, let's go read the story about David and Ziglag. Let's go read the story about Elijah against the prophets of Baal. Let's go read about Jesus healing, healing the blind. And we believe that there is the time where you pull out your Bible and you say, when this word right here says X, what does this word mean? Because I think it's so important for us to remember that the Bible that we read as English speakers is a translation, mm -hmm. which means that sometimes people use a word and that word is not what that word meant right. in the Greek. It is not what that meant in the Hebrew. And I remember you teaching me that years ago when you taught me how to use that Thompson chain reference Bible mm -hmm. and you taught me how, okay, when this word, for example, we use the word love for a lot of things, right? But there is agape, there's phila, there's a another kind of love that's not coming to mind right now. But we it's would eros just, love. Eros I mean, there's, love. there's lots of kinds. There's seven different kinds. And if you're reading the Bible and you just see love all the time and you don't understand what he's talking about, you can be confused. <laughs> Which is why 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, yep. a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Correctly handles it. Handles it. So that, that's the reason that we're saying sometimes you're just reading. That's the reason that you're saying you we have a concordance. We use the concordance. We got, and, and at our house, yes, we use electronic apps, but we got hard concordances. Yes. We, we have the heart, the ability to, that this is how you grow in the word. And let me tell you something, guys, if you will live like this, it will be very difficult for someone to come along with false teaching and deceive you. It'll also be difficult for you to use God's word in a manner he never intended. Well, God never amen. intended his word to be used to beat people over the head. He never did that. Look, the, Bible, the Bible tells us that love draws us. But you can tell the truth in love if you understand and correctly handle God's word. You can you can bring correction. You can bring rebuke. All of those things are possible if you handle the word correctly. But the word was never designed to manipulate people. It was never designed or to control be used people. or to control people. Yes. And so when he says to them, he says, I want you to not be ashamed and to, and to correctly handle the word of truth. He says, this is two things. I want you to understand the word so that you never come up lacking where the word is concerned. But I also want you to understand the word so that you don't use it as a device to put people in bondage. 
Absolutely. Kim said, what is a good concordance or the what what's the concordance? Uh there's so many different ones, you know, and and uh I have to look at the I have three or four that I use. I don't know the strongs is the one that people go to strongs online one, uh, yeah. online. Uh but there's I have a couple good ones uh that I use. And basically what it does is it just takes a passage of scripture and it walks you through what that what that scripture was saying at the time it was written in its original language. Um, and if you don't, you know, if you don't have a degree in Greek and Hebrew, that's okay. Uh, you got, you got things now. I take words sometimes that I don't know what it is. And I put it in Google and have it to have it to say the word for me. So I understand what the word means. And it's not even about you being able to, to remember all the Greek words. It's about you understand the essence of what that passage means so that you don't, you know, so, so that you don't get it confused. And it's not the same thing, but it's like when people say money is the root of all evil. That is not what the Bible says. It says the love of money. Well, what, what does love in that what context, love in that context see, mean? Because yes. love don't mean, oh, like I love my wife. So what does love in that context mean? It means having the wrong relationship with. But if you don't understand, you know, it's, it'll make you think, oh, well, if I love money, if I like money, then, then that's the real evil. That's not. What he says is having the wrong relationship with it. And so we use Strong's to help us to understand uh, the nuances of the scripture. The nuances. So we can get the, the spirit of the word, yes. right? Yep. Um, because we know this, that the Pharisees knew a lot about the word, yep. but they did not recognize Jesus when he came. We're not looking to just become religious and dogmatic. This is my perspective. I study the word looking for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for Jesus in the word. Why? Because all of those scriptures we did in the mirror said this. When I find Jesus, I find myself. So if I look for the scriptures looking at Jesus, I'm going to find myself. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it tells us what the word is supposed to do for us. And I love this scripture right here because it says the inspired word. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. What did I say? Corinthians. Ooh. Yeah. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says the inspired word of God has the power to teach, to train, to rebuke, to correct us in righteousness. So that. So that. I thought you were going to no, finish I'm just saying, So, so that God, as God's servants, we are wholly equipped for every good work. Yes. Look at this. It says, here is what the word is supposed to do for us. It's supposed to teach us. Yep. It's supposed to train us. But the word is also supposed to rebuke us. I remember years ago when we found in scripture that you weren't supposed to co-sign for mm -hmm. people unless you had the money to pay the entire thing off, yeah. right? We didn't know that. We had co-signed for somebody. God had supernaturally delivered us. But when we read that in Proverbs, we went, man, we only ended up in that situation because we needed, we didn't know. So we needed a rebuke and we needed a correction. Yep. You cannot be a person who doesn't want to be corrected because remember, as we always say, God is not looking to make you a better you. God is looking for you to look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is the goal. That is the goal. That's the goal. You know, and the thing you said about, about the Pharisees is so true. The Pharisees knew a lot of word, but they weren't handling the word correctly. They weren't, they weren't using the word for its intended purpose. They were using it to show their superiority and to put people in bondage and to rebuke people and to make people feel bad. That's not <laughs> what the word of God is for. However, the word of God is also not to make you just feel great about your sin. Well, now say that it's not just a, it's not just designed so that so that all oh, you we love you, baby, no matter what you do. No, no, no. Paul, Paul never gave them what I would call a license to sin. He always said the word is designed to teach, to train, rebuke and correct. 
Teach, and, and train, rebuke, and correct. We say it like this. The word is designed to grow you up. It is designed to grow you up. The word is designed to be able to say to you how you handle that situation is wrong. Yep. How you're thinking about this is wrong. And sometimes you can think you're absolutely right about something and the word will speak to you and go, no, you don't agree with me yep. on that. Yep. And so this is so important, right? Yep. So then number two. Number two, pray in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say pray in the Holy Spirit, we don't just mean pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit. But when you're driving and the Lord says, right now, stop and pray for your child, you are praying in the Spirit. It's it is under the direction of the Holy Ghost. Under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Well, how can you pray under the direction of the Holy Spirit when you don't train yourself to be aware of? of who he is and right. what he's saying right. it says praying under the direction of the holy spirit we receive help somebody say help we receive help yes we receive help in our human weaknesses to understand god's truth and not be deceived by false teachers absolutely romans 80 26 it says likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness helps I, let me give you this good example let's say you need to forgive somebody and you really don't want to forgive them. Yeah. And you actually don't even know how you can forgive them. The Holy Spirit, when we begin to pray, he will come alongside us and say, this is how you forgive them. Mm. Stop telling that story. Mm. This is how you forgive them. I want you to pray for them for the next 30 days. Yeah. This is how you forgive them. Throw away them text messages that you yep. keep reading that keep taking you back to the same place. Right. We receive help. He will anything God asks us to do. He, number one, has already empowered us to do and he will teach us how to practically mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. He is not just out here saying clean the kitchen with no instructions. Yes. He is saying this is how we clean my kitchen. This is how we do the counters. This is how we do the floor. And it says, for we do not know what to, we do not know what to pray as we ought. So many times there are things we want to pray about. We don't know what yeah. to pray. We don't know all the pieces. We don't know. We don't even know the will of God of the situation. It says, but the Holy Spirit yes. intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Mm -hmm. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Man, Holy Spirit. Man, you ought to be so thankful for yep, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I was praying about something the other day and I wasn't clear. I wasn't sure if I fully understood what God was saying. And I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. This is what I believe the Lord is telling me to pray, but I need you to interpret right. that thing. Right. If I don't have that thing exactly right, I need you to make intercession for me so that the will of God over this situation can be yeah. released. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And so after you, after you, after you, and not even after, but as you are building yourself up, because that's a continuous work, it's a continuous progress. As you are praying under the direction of the Holy Spirit, as you are praying in tongues or you are as you are praying just being led by god to pray he may wait like you said he may wake you up at three o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning and say hey i want you to pray for your kids and your kids may be off in college or your kids may be adults and god says pray 
Follow the unction of Holy Spirit and do it when he asks you to do it. Don't delay, right? Yeah, I want to just pause this. Mm -hmm. Right now, if you're living in Northwest Arkansas, you still have time to get to church. You can get on up and grab your Arkansas shirt, your jeans, and make your way to church. Don't you just sit here and watch this teaching and then you go to brunch. You get on up and you come to the huddle today. At 11 a.m. At 11 a.m. So we will see you there. And here's the thing we know. We get to find out who follows instructions. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see y'all at 11 o'clock. Okay, what's the next one? Number three. Here's the thing that we've talked about at this church forever. You got to keep yourself in God's love. Yes, you do. One of the things we say is we are church teaching you how to do what? Walk, Walk in, in love. love and do what? Live by faith and experience God's prosperity. But what's that first thing? Walking Walk in, in love. love. Even, in our, even our prophetic word God gave us on this year, one of the things he said in it was don't get out of love. Don't get out don't of love. Don't get out of love. Keep yourself in God's love. Jude 121 says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. He says, keep yourselves in love. Staying in God's love means living by faith and obedience oh i love that he says you keep yourself you so you make a decision i saw latonya posted other way uh, earlier in the in the teaching she said the decision <coughs> is to cut off options yes so but this is so important now this goes back to we talking about using concordance and knowing words right he didn't just say keep yourself in love no because you can measure love however you want yes. to god is the standard for love he says, so you keep yourself in love. So this means that when I am a born again believer, I don't get to redefine things that are appropriate for me. Love is saying what God is saying about a situation and responding the way God would respond. Which is why when he says, keep yourselves in the love of God, he then explains later on, what is the love of God? John 15, 10 says, here's how you're going to know whether you're in the love of God. He says, if you keep my what? Commandments. Commands. If you keep my commands. That ain't just them 10 that we talk about. Anything God says to us is non-optional. It is a command. So if I keep myself, if I keep God's commands, he says, you will remain where? In, in my, my love. love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in remaining in his love. Jesus says, look, here's how it works. The father says something. I hear it. I obey. I stay connected in his love. I tell you something via Holy Spirit. You hear it. You do it. You stay connected to me. If you connected to me and I'm connected to God, we're all connected. We're he all says, connected. This is how you stay in love. The way you get out of love is through disobedience. It's doing your own thing. It's not about feelings. It's not about how you cry during worship. It's not about how you lay prostrate on the ground. When you get up, are you obeying God? Because if you're not, you're just taking a nap. You're just laying down. <laughs> if you're not going to obey God when you get up, you was just you was just resting. He says, how do I know that I'm walking in love? I'm keeping God's command. And I think that this is so important because I see this thing right here. And I, this is the illustration, the vision that I saw when you were saying that a lot of us have treated um, God's word like a buffet. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a buffet, you can decide what to get. And you only get the things on the buffet that you like. That you like. But if you've ever been to- Not a, even just the things that's good for you. Right. You get the things <laughs> that, that you, you like. like. So we think, we treat God's words, his commands. We treat them like, oh, well, we could take a little vegetables, but we'd rather have the rolls. Mm -hmm. But if you've ever been to a really fancy dinner, um, like a seven-course meal- 
you eat what they put in front of you because mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to do, right? So we're trying to treat God like it's optional. It's like, oh, well, you know what? I don't really want to forgive Edwin today, so I'm going to be grudgy for the next three days as though God hasn't given us an instruction. And we really do need to start. Jesus, Jesus displayed his love by obeying the Father. Mm. I also display my love by obeying the Father. And I need everybody to put this in the comments. I do not have to feel like it to obey God. Mm. I do not have to feel like it to obey God. And I know we know how to obey when we don't feel like it because we go to work. Yep. We do all types of things that we don't feel like doing. Ob obedience was so important that Jesus stripped himself of, 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 of his deity and allowed himself to be to come into the earth wrapped in human form. Now, we know that he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. He pushed he, he pushed down his deity. And the Bible says in Hebrews 5 and 8, it says that Jesus learned obedience. Now, we know that Jesus didn't need to learn anything. But what was he doing? He was modeling for us how you learn to obey. Because he says, look, I'm showing you how, I, how I've learned to obey, both in the spirit and naturally. I'm teaching. And my parents come to get me. But instead of me using my authority and telling them I am here to save the world, Jesus says, I'm going to show you how you learn obedience. Because when you are under authority, you obey authority. Now, we said last week that we make ourselves slaves to God. So if we make ourselves slaves to God, then we are placing ourselves where? Under his authority. So if I'm under the authority of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then I'm supposed to be obeying his commands. When I obey his commands, I can say without a doubt, I love God. I love God. If you, Why but, can I say I so, love God? So, because if I do what Jesus says, I'm loving Jesus because Jesus does what God said. And so Jesus loved God. He says, so if you love Jesus and Jesus love God, we love each other. No, well, it's just like if, if I keep, if I keep, punching you in the stomach. And then when you tell me not to do it, I start crying. That's what people use worship for. People are using worship. They're crying. Oh God, I love you so much. Forgive. Oh God, I love you so much. Quit fornicating. Oh God, I love you. Work with integrity. The measure of my love for God is not how much I cry. It is my willingness to follow his instructions. Hear me, especially when I don't want yeah, to. Yeah. Especially when I don't want to. And not to. just, and I know what you mean, not just your willingness, but your actual doing. Oh, you doing it. <laughs> you oh, got to no. be, because I mean, what's that scripture we used to use the kids all the time? Isaiah uh, one and 19. If, if you're you both willing, willing and, and obedient. obedient. You got to be willing and obedient. God, I'm willing to do it. Well, I need you to do so and so. Ah, not that one, God. I don't want no, to do no, that. No, no, no. You got to be willing and not obedient. Not her, God. <laughs> I don't want to bless her. Right. Listen, put this in the comments. Say, it's my responsibility to train myself to obey God. It's my responsibility. It is my responsibility to train to myself, train myself to obey to God. obey God. Yep. And I do that in the small yes. things. Yes. I do that in the small things. I train myself to obey God. Listen, everybody's going to reach a point in their life 
where you're gonna have to cry while you're obeying God. Yes, Lord. If you if you if you yes. if you never cried uh, while you were obeying God, you ain't been listening. Ain't been listening. No, because there are times in your life there is not a human being on this planet who has ever said they loved God and God asked them to do something that everything in them did not want to do. Oh yeah, because last week you was talking about how you was crying, weren't you? Yeah, I'm, no, yeah, I was, <laughs> but but it ain't been the only time. But there are so many times that God will ask you to do something that your flesh doesn't want to do it so bad or you or you feel like you shouldn't be the one having to 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 do it you shouldn't you shouldn't be the one having to ask for forgiveness or 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 say that you were wrong or whatever it is and god is telling you to do it you have to man listen if you ain't cried obeying god you you need to go back i'm gonna tell you the truth if you've never cried obeying god i guarantee you serve yourself mm. i guarantee you serve yourself because you know the bible says our flesh is enmity against yes. God. There are literally going to be times that God is going to ask you to do something and it is the last thing you want to do. You don't see how it's a blessing to your life and you don't even understand why God would ask you to mm. do something like that. And here's the thing that I don't think most people have ever really got to and it goes back to the Lordship of Jesus. Most of us want a Savior but we have not positioned ourselves to want a Lord. Yep. And when someone is your Lord, and it, it, I feel like I should share this because I think this will help somebody on their job. See, some of you work jobs and you only like your boss when they take it your instruction. Yep. But see, if your boss asks you to go and gather some information and then they choose not to use that information according to your best recommendation, your responsibility is to follow their yep. instructions because they are your boss. Yep. We really treat God like we treat our earthly bosses. That as long as our boss, as long as God is telling us to do what we want to do, we can go where we want to go. We can do, we can not give it, not say what we want to say. Then we think he is the best thing yep. since sliced bread. But the moment mm -hmm. that he is like, no, I know you spent all this time researching this, but we're not going to do this. We're going to go in another direction. Then offense sets up, yep. anger sets up, yep. pride sets up, and you begin to act like a petulant child. And that's why I say it's our responsibility to train ourselves to obey God, yep. to say, listen here, I may not understand what you're doing. But what I know is that you've been having this earth in rotation well before I got here. Mm -hmm. You know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, mm -hmm. so I'm going to do what you say. Absolutely. I'm going to do what you say. Absolutely. And that's really, people talk about how you crucify your flesh. Hear me. You cannot crucify your flesh without obedience. Mm -hmm. You must obey. It is the way that you crucify your flesh. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Now, then you got to learn how to wait with hope. Yep. Now, this goes right into what we was just talking about, yep. crucifying your flesh, right? To contend for the faith, we must keep the fire of hope alive in our hearts. We must. We must keep hope alive. Let me help you. You cannot keep hope alive if you're a complainer. Nope. You cannot keep hope alive if you're not a person who practices gratitude. Keep hope alive. It says we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the yes, curse. Yes. Man, so many believers, even when you're obeying, you're complaining. Mm. Even when God has you on the journey to your next, you are ungrateful. And that will keep you, that will not allow you to live the righteous life. See, because here's the thing. The enemy, we told you early on that the enemy always plays the long game. So what the enemy, he doesn't care that you start out obeying God on Monday. 
if he can get you to complain, if he can get you to murmur, if he can get you to think that God is holding something good from you. Because at some point, either one or two things are going to happen. You're going to be like the prodigal son, the prodigal son's brother, who's in the house not receiving because you think God is taking something from you. Or you're going to get offended enough with God to go and do your own thing. The thing about hope is that hope is birthed out of a positive belief system. Yes. Hope is birthed out of a positive belief system. So when he says we need to wait with hope, he's saying, listen, where does that hope come from? The hope comes from that God has given me a word and that I so believe that that word is bigger than anything else in literally in the, in the universe. Nothing can come against the word that God has given me. So, so I may not see it on Monday. I may not see it in 2022. I may not see it in 2025, but I don't let go. Of that. That's what Pastor Cynthia meant all those years ago when I didn't understand what she used to say, don't let go of your faith. Like, what does that mean? She means that when you have received a word from God, that you, 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 uh, you, you, you incubate that word. Whatever God has told you, when something comes up against it, you don't, you, don't, you don't throw that word away. You remind yourself of what God said. You remind yourself of what it was going to look like. I think about the testimony that, that uh, Dr. Didi gives uh, when Dr. Oh, Mike yes. was in the hospital. That's what waiting with hope looks like. When, when everybody else is saying, we're going to do this last thing, if it don't work, blah, 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 blah. She had already saw her and Dr. Mike old. And because she had already saw that, it was the thing that the Bible says was an anchor for her soul. What is her soul, her mind, her will, her emotions, her imagination and the intellect? That's where all that complaining comes from. It doesn't come out of your spirit. It comes out of your soul. That's where doubt comes from. It doesn't come out of your spirit. It comes out of your soul. And so literally waiting with hope means that when I receive a word from God, I, I wake up every day with the expectation to see it. And I don't let time wear me out. I don't let time wear me out. It says we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor. You know, and I love uh, some of the illustrations that, that, that I've read about this particular scripture because, you know, an anchor will tie a ship down even when the biggest waves come. Yes. If, if, if you got a ship anchored in the middle of the ocean and literally waves 20 feet come, they may tip, they may rock that shit but when it gets through it's going to be right back where it was and there are things in our life that may That's come good. and rock us and they may knock us and they may sucker punch us but if we hold on with hope it will not derail us. But that's the reason we always say, what did God say? Yes. Because you we have to know. The word becomes the anchor. We put our hope in what God says. Yes. And the thing is that a lot of people, your hope is situational. Mm. Your hope is based on what it looks like. Your hope is based on whether all parties are participating mm -hmm. or not. When my hope has to be on what and I've told this story so many times, but it's like when people come to us for marriage, when 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 people come to us for marriage, one of the things I always want to know, the first question I want to know is this: Did God say that's your spouse? Yeah. I need to know that when y'all ooey gooey. I need to know that when you think everything about them is cute. Did God say that's your spouse? Not they're a good match. Not they got right. good hair. Not we could build right. a good life right. together. Did God say that's your spouse? Why? 
You need to know that because that word is going to anchor you in tough times. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I can say with 100% certainty, God told me you were my Mm -hmm. husband. Mm -hmm. He told me what it would look like. That was the anchor in tough times. But the reason so many believers cannot stand in tough times is that you don't know if God picked it to begin with. Some of that stuff you picked. And when you pick it, then when trouble comes, you tossed and turned all over the place, filled with ingratitude when you simply should just say that. And that's one of the reasons I say we only want what God wants us to have because the hope is attached. And I say this all the time. God is not obligated to bless what you pick. No. He's not obligated to bless what right. you pick. He's not obligated to bless the marriage you pick, the job you pick, the car you pick. He is not obligated to bless anything you pick. But you know what you can guarantee? He will bless yeah. and prosper whatever he yeah. picks. Yeah. And here's the thing. Sometimes even when believers are like, I know this is what God said. My question is like, then why are you giving up? Why are you giving up? Why are you Why are you letting earthly time determine whether or not what God said was true because that's what it really comes down to do you believe God or do you believe time do you believe God or do you believe time because you cannot allow and I mean I, I say that all the time and I know it sounds so simple but I say that all the time you cannot allow time to wear you out you cannot allow if, time because, to wear you because out because you just said earlier the devil plays the wood the long game. the long game so what he's trying to do is he's trying to convince you enough that what God said won't come to pass so that you will use the only thing he has to his advantage, which is time, so that he can use that to beat you up, to get you to use your mouth to then cancel out what God has promised. And this is the reason that I am unapologetic about how relentless I am. Yeah. I am unapologetic about it. And the reason that I choose to to live relentlessly every day is because I don't know when something's going to come unexpected. And that's why you got to rehearse the promises. You got to say what God is saying. You got to practice obedience so that literally... When time, when time tries to do what the enemy wants time to do, you are unbothered. Unbothered. You are unbothered. Unbothered. And I say all the time, man, if I'm going to war with anybody, I'm going to war with you, Kristen Valley and Pastor Cynthia. Because over time, what I have found is your ability to be relentless, to have bulldog, pit bull tenacity, won't let go of the meat. See, you gotta, you gotta not only be a person like that, you need some people like yeah, that. Absolutely. You need some people, you need some people who don't flinch. I remember when I, we don't have to do those today. We can stop it. That's fine. Too. I remember when um Misty was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. and they had given her a not good report. And Misty reached out to me, and she's told this publicly, so I'm not telling her business. She reached out to me, and I immediately went into This is what you must do to leave. And she was saying that at the time, she felt like I was being rough with her because everybody else was rubbing her back. They were saying, I'm so sorry you're going through that. She didn't need pity. She needed power. She didn't need pity. She needed power. She needed a plan for for, for playing and, and keeping her hope. She needed a plan for keeping her hope. And then she said that as she walked through it, she understood 
why I would not go into pity with her because pity may feel good at the time, but it will never ever free you. I needed to give her a vision that she could hang on because chemo is hard. Yes. Because radiation is hard. Yes. Because having surgeries is hard. And so you need something that is going to anchor you while you're sitting in that chair. Because even if somebody's in the room with you, they're not taking chemo with you. Right. They're not taking radiation right. with you. You need somebody who's going to build you up. And I appreciate that about you because there have been times that I would have preferred you feel soft for me yeah. at the moment, except that if you felt sorry for me, I wasn't going to get what God said. I was going to get the temporary relief of having my back rub and going, oh, so Sean, I'm so sorry that this has happened yeah. to you. Yeah. No, in the midst of trouble, somebody needs to say to us, what did God say? We don't move. Mm. We don't move. We don't move. We don't we, move. We wait with hope. We wait with and, hope. And that word wait is the same word when you when, when you look in it when he talks about waiting patiently. Let let patience have her perfect, perfect work. work. What is patience? It means doing what you know to do when everything else is going wherever it's gonna go. You you just keep doing. I keep believing, and that's why I, I you know I I love Pastor and Pastor Tony. That, that is the thing that they have really 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 taught me as a son of theirs is that. I am supposed to wait with hope that when and, and, and that don't mean that I well when I ask God for something, I'm expecting it to be a year. I'm expecting no no no. What it means is when I hear God say it, for me it's settled. It's for me, it's done. It's settled. It's 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 a settled thing. It's if God said it, oh, too late, devil. You can't stop it now. It's too late. I've heard God. Once I've heard God, it's too late for you to come and convince me that it's not gonna happen. Can I tell you this? Here's a way you'll know that you are in hope and faith. If you are ever in hope and faith for something, when it shows up in the natural, it's almost anticlimactic. Yep. It is almost if you, you spend so is, much this time is how you know it already. You have seen it, so you know when you are in faith because by the time it shows up in the natural, you have already spent so much yes. time with it yes. that you that it it's it's like this. If you believe that you receive. A house. God told you this mm -hmm. is your year to get a house. And you have meditated on that. And you have walked in that house in your mind over and over again. When the bank finally agreed, it's kind of like... It's like, cool. Cool. Yeah. We glad y'all yeah. got on board with it's the like, Lord. Like, thank you, Look, Lord. Yeah. People who are in faith and hope do not say, I can't believe it happened. Yeah. Because for us, it already it, happened. It already happened. It already happened. Hope is how I wait out time. Yes. Hope is how I wait out time because I hope, already know what God said. Hope is my weapon against time. Well, hope is my weapon against hope time. Hope is my weapon against time. When the Lord showed me Jordan talking, when the Lord showed That's you it. Jordan graduating, yep. we see, and, and I, I just said this, I think it was to Chris the other day. Whenever we talk about the story of Jordan, and, and, and I'm sure way more people, moms reach out to me. Then, then people reach out to you about yep. this. And I say to them, what we did for Jordan, we did every day. Yeah. People will tell you, but when Jordan was not talking, we laid hands on Jordan. When? How often? Daily. Daily. 
twice a day, right. in the morning, in the evening. If Chris got her up, Chris laid hands in the morning. If I put her down, if you put her down, we lay every, every single day we combined her, we commanded her language to come forth. And here's what people don't understand sometimes. We see Jordan and where she is now and all that she has accomplished and all that she's done. The Lord said, I'm still not through. He's still not done. And we're talking, she'll be 18 years old in October. She'll be 18 years old. And we recognize this problem when she was about two years old. So for the last 16 years, we've been keeping this hope still with the expectation to see what God's going to do. Because he's not done yet. Because he's not done yet. Because he told us that when people see Jordan and talk to Jordan, they would never even know she had any issues. And so a lot of people don't. when they, but, but we still see it sometimes. And so because we do, we still believe it for the manifestation of what God said. And we don't let go of our faith. No. And I really do think this is a good place to stop yeah. right now. Because it's like, listen, you've got to make a decision. If yeah. your kid is out there living any kind of way and the Bible says that your seed will be saved, you can't be saying about them what the world is saying. You got to agree. Listen, you got to learn how to when, when, when your kid is crazy, when your mom is crazy and you have a word from God, you got to learn even when they talk crazy, say, but I know what God said. You may not even be saying it out loud, but in your heart, you know what God said because you have seen what God really? said. And I would like to encourage you guys. I would like to encourage you guys that in your prayer time this week, that you sit before the Lord and you ask him to show you what he can see to give you a vision and make that vision so plain to you. And the vision may evolve over time. Mm -hmm. It may evolve over time. And you, you let that vision in, become so real that it's your reality. Mm -hmm. Now, let me circle back and say, this is why it matters who you hang with. Why it matters who you hang with is because when people were telling us that God made Jordan that way and she ne was never going to talk, mm -hmm. those are people we got out of our life. And here's the thing. Those people weren't doing that to be, to mean. be mean. What they were really doing is what we call they were being well-intended people. Mm -hmm. They didn't want us to get our hopes up. They didn't want us to be disappointed. They wanted to comfort us. But you don't need that in your life all the time. You that's, don't. that's not what you need when you're believing God for big things. And what we were believing God was for a big for thing. A big thing. We didn't need someone telling us, oh, it's okay. That's how God made her. Sweetheart, we understand you're trying to be helpful, but we dismiss your words. We don't need your help. We don't, we don't like need that. your help. You're not in a place to even believe what we can believe right now. So no dis no, we, we're not trying to be rude. We ain't trying to be mean to you, but 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 your words have no value here because your words don't match up with what God says. And you have to be bold enough and okay with yourself enough to say when, when someone's giving you a false word like that, that you don't just receive that. Because Absolutely. we had doctors telling us, well, you know, she may not ever, she just may not, some of them not, don't ever speak. Some okay. of them don't ever speak. Won't that be back to you. To us, Won't be back with you. We're going to go find a doctor who believes. That's right. They and then God up. orchestrated such, she had such wonderful teachers. teachers. Ooh, yes. I mean, God orchestrated that thing. And I, believe, I, I believe that is probably the reason that he had us to stay in this area before we ever had Jordan and not go to someone else. Well, he already had it lined up. But see, that's another thing. If you obey God, you obey God and don't even know why God telling you to do something until years later. And then it shows up and you're like, oh, that's why. And I think it's so important. Guys, th this is your opportunity. You can get ready to give. You can still give to the scholarship fund. But I really want you to understand this. Are you understanding what we're saying? Tell, put us in, tell us in the comments, 
what you're understanding about what we're saying, because God is orchestrating our life. He is orchestrating our life. And there are things because we don't know the time frame. We don't understand all the people that God is moving in place to do it. And that is why we don't want to be out here doing our own thing. We want to walk right in the middle of his plan. And that's why he says you don't even got to know why I'm telling you to do all this. All you got to do is love me enough to do it. Just obey. Just obey my commands. Just you ain't got to know why. Commands. Just obey my commands. And when we look at our life, if for nothing else, yeah. if for nothing else, all those years we didn't want to stay in North, yep. Northwest Arkansas. If for nothing if else, for nothing else, Jordan, it yep. was worth it. It was worth it. If for nothing else, yep. for nothing else that he did, and he did a lot of oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. But if for nothing else, and I want, I want some of you to grow up so that the things that God is trying to produce in your life, mm. you can taste the fruit of it instead of it always being a dream. Mm -hmm. And it's because you've got to grow up. You, you got to grow up and you got to get, you got to grow up. You, you got to grow up and you got to learn how to just anchor yourself. You how gotta, do you do that? By getting in, you get in the word. The word gives you hope. Hope anchors your soul. Now, I will say this because I think you're a lot more gracious in situations where someone speaks against our faith. I am. You're a lot more gracious. It's just a personality thing. It's a though. personality thing. It has nothing to do thing. with right or wrong. It's yes. just a personality you, you, And I, whenever I see you do it, I always say the next time I'm going to do that, yeah. except I don't. Yeah. If you, it's okay, though. If you bring me something that's against what God said, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that you missed God. Yeah. I'm going to tell you to go on with that, right? Now, and typically what I say is I say, okay, I hear you. I appreciate what you said. Because I, I can appreciate what you said because I understand that you said what you said trying to be helpful. It doesn't mean I receive your words. It doesn't even mean that I think you heard from God. I, it's just the way that I... It's because you're gracious. Yeah. It's because you're gracious. But I want you to know that if you bring me a false word from the Lord, yeah. I'm not that gracious. I'm like, oh, come on, Nietzsche. You can go ahead and get that off your mind right there. You can go ahead and get that off your mind. Listen. Don't get that off your mind. Again, I want to speak encouragement as you give today. There are ways to give, give if I push, pay, tithely, text to give. But I want to speak. I want to speak. I love Yolanda's um, thing. She said, God is orchestrating everything in my life. It has a ripple effect. However, it's my responsibility to obey, stay in faith, grow up and watch the people I'm around and stay in the word and not just accept the words of other or even myself, but to only stand on the word well, preach, of God. Girl. Come on preach. and preach up in here. You need to copy that. You need to put that on your Facebook page because that is a preach. word worth sharing. Preach, right? Preach, preach. Right? So listen, I think that this is so important because I want to speak encouragement to somebody speak it, babe. who was about to let go. Mm. I want to speak to the person that you that you have a word from God. You know what God told you it should look like. And it doesn't look like that. And I want to speak encouragement to you. Now I want you to hear me. Me speaking encouragement to you does not mean you go have to not go have to fight. Me speaking encouragement to you is reminding you to fight mm. from the place of faith. What do you need to do? Number 1, you need to repent for doubting God. Mm. You need to turn away from doubting God. God, I'm through doubting you about this situation. Number two, you need to 
separate yourself from all covenants you have made with the enemy's plan. Uh. I want to give you a good example of this. Let's say that you have a kid and that kid displays some characteristics from a part of your family that doesn't make good choices. Mm -hmm. And in your frustration, you have said, they gonna be just like Jack Jack. Mm. You don't realize that when you say they're going to be just like Jack Jack, mm. especially when you have authority over them, hear me, that you have come into a covenant with hell over their destiny. Oh my See, my words are either going to be in covenant with heaven yep. or they're going to be in covenant with hell. That's right. There are no neutral words. There are no. There are no neutral words. Please put that in the comments. There are no neutral there are words. There are no neutral words. So many of you need to apart. You need to repent. Repent. Turn you from. To, you need to turn, right? And you need to separate from all covenants because here's what you do. When that person acts out, the enemy uses your feelings to get you to make covenant with him. Yep. Who am I talking to? He wants he you to gets, agree with that. He yep. gets you to agree with when they're acting a fool. Instead of you standing on what God said, he uses your emotion, yep. your frustration, yep. your sadness yep. to get you to agree with him. Mm -hmm. You need to say right now, I break all covenant. Yep. I break all covenant with hell. I break all covenant with hell. I repent for what I said over my kids. Mm -hmm. I repent for what I said over my city. I repent for what I said over my family. I repent and I come into agreement with heaven. Hey, I repent for the words that I secretly say to myself that don't agree with God. Well, amen. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not, not me personally, but people need to hear that. Come in, on. In, in a, in, in, you know. No, right. No, come on. Because it's, you know, it's so important because there are good people yeah. who love Jesus. They do. And you don't even realize it's your mouth that's giving hell permission mm -hmm. to operate like it mm -hmm. operates. That is why I'm so serious about my words. Yeah. That is why I'm so serious yeah. about bad reports. Because, yes, your kids may be doing some things. Your family may be doing some things. Your city may be doing some things. I see this all the time, that people literally, you live in the United States and you curse the United States. Mm. You talk about the destruction. Man, you should be saying, listen, I know that God has a righteous plan for these, the United States of America, and I come into agreement with that. And even when I see on either side things that happen that frustrate me, yeah. I'm not going to come into agreement not, with hell. That's right. I agree with heaven. I agree with heaven. I agree with heaven. I love what Jamie said. And I repent for the words I say to myself. That's Ain't no it. way I can do that. There's no way I could do that by the time I'm 45. There's no way I could ever own a house. We repent for that, Lord. Now, listen, that's good teaching for today. Amen. That's your word. Be encouraged. Train yourself. And I want to give you this one last thing as we get ready to go. Be careful about the jokes you agree with. Mm -hmm. Be careful about the means that you agree with because the enemy will try to sneak his agreement in over something you think is funny. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you who are standing for relationships, you're standing for healing, you're standing, you got to cut all of that off and agree with God. And you can't care that people go think you're doing too much.
because they only go think you're doing too much until you have what you say mm -hmm. in the natural. Amen. All right. So you want to close? This? Sure. Listen, those of you that are still out there in Northwest Arkansas, you still got 30 minutes. You can make it to church on time. On time. You got 28 minutes. You can still be here on time. On time. Listen, come if you can. Join us for the huddle. For those of you that could not because you are, we have an international ministry, praise God, and some of you are literally across the uh, Atlantic Ocean uh, and watching us. Those, some of you are multiple states away. We get that. We understand that. We love you. I want to say on, on, from, 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 from my heart, I appreciate every single person out there who helped out with the scholarship yes. in any shape, form, or fashion. You. Whether you gave, whether you shared it, whether you did both. If you didn't do either, yes. but you prayed for us, I appreciate that too because it took everything collectively to get us to where we are. I know I harp on the scholarship during the month of July, but it's because it's one of those things that God gave me that I keep seeing us do bigger and bigger and bigger. And God's told me, he's already told me, there are coming days very, very soon, we're going to be able to give out full scholarships. to. And watch this, he said this to me this month. He said, we're going to have an additional part of our scholarship where we give money, not only the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship, and not only do we give the FOC scholarship, God's going to bless us and bring people into our lives that we're going to be able to start partnering and giving scholarships to single moms, to people who uh, may have had some kind of felony conviction, who's turned their life around, uh, who can't get financial aid to go to school but want to go to school, uh, for, for, for people who are looking for second chances. Maybe they, they went to school, they didn't have the support, uh, they, owe, they owe the university money and can't go back. God's going to use FOC to help raise up a people so that they can then help themselves and help their family. We're talking about generational things happening through this scholarship fund. So I appreciate everybody who's given, everybody who's helped, everybody who's shared, everybody who tagged. I can't tell you enough how much I love you and I appreciate you for it. And I want to tell you something. In order to have that kind of expansion, you know what that means? We expand. Yeah. We're expanding. So I just need somebody who agrees with that. I need you to say, make me the man, make me the woman. Like whatever it is that needs to do that, make me the man, make me the woman. Yeah. I, I'm ready to be a part of that. I'm man, we, we, fellowship of champions is going to be known as a solution throughout the world, not just not not just the United States. The world. the world. The world. So we love y'all so much. We getting ready to go over here yep. and get ready for church. We love y'all. We want y'all to do the things you need to do. We'll see you for strategies for success. Yeah, I like that, Dr. Bell. We say that all the time. Make me the man. We say that all the time. We say it all the time. Me, make, make me, me the, the woman. Make, make me, me the, the yeah, woman. Make me the one. Let me, let me be the water hose that the water flows through. Listen, before y'all go, do this real quick. If you're not going to be here in person today, go ahead and put in the comment section which school you're at. I saw somebody say they were repping Norfolk State in Florida. Vita, I saw that. So whatever school you're repping, you repping the University of Kansas, you repping Alabama, you repping the University of Arkansas, uh, HBCU. Maybe you don't, maybe you never even went to college, but you love the HBCU families. Go ahead and just you can type in HBCU, whatever you want to type in. But rep your school. I want to read those when we get through this afternoon. I want to see what schools y'all were repping. It'll be fun for me to read it. We love you. We appreciate I wanted to you. wear. I wanted to wear 
This here G. Universal this... L- Roll Tide Roll. Which one of y'all put that up in the so- back end? Somebody loves their pastor. Whoever <laughs> put that up in the back end ain't even saying. Listen, watch this. You know who we all really representing too, though? We talked about this yesterday. No, real talk. We represent We're Morehouse and Clark, Clark Atlanta. Atlanta. So I said, why? Because that's who's getting all our money right now. Some of our, some of our money right now. <laughs> I listen. I want y'all to know. I wanted a shirt today that said Morehouse slash CAU because that's the shirt I really should have been wearing today, right? We waited too late to get well, one. We waited too late. Listen, we love y'all. Thank y'all. We'll see y'all this week. Do what you need to do, and we're so excited to get over here. And thank you. Listen, what you can still do, you can still scare, share the scholarship today, though. Can what? You can still share the scholarship. Oh, yeah, you can still share. You can yeah. still yeah, yeah. share it the scholarship. It doesn't end to 12 o'clock midnight. That's right. So let's go. I'll, and I will put in the groups that we have after service is over what our total number is so far. I think you're going to be impressed. All right, so the next thing, next the huddle. next huddle will yep. be Sunday, August 28th, so you can make plans Make to plans go. to come. That's right, Alicia. I see all my hog fans. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to be funny. It's HBCUs in Arkansas. All the rest of y'all, you. All the rest of y'all, no, all the rest of y'all schools is slow. No, no, but it's no, HBCU. no, that ain't right. You ain't down at that ain't right. Let me, let, me, let me get her off of here. She's talking foolishness now. <laughs> We love you guys. Y'all have a great day. All right, have a great day. Bye-bye.